Welcome back to Ghostly Talk. This is Scott L. This is Amber, and we are hot off the trail of the Krampus. 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 Is that how you say it? No, yeah. Well, Krampus. I don't know if you need to use that accent. I, An Austrian accent. Black, I don't, so like Arnold. Some Norwegian black Krampus. Krampus. <laughs> Take my hand. I am no, Krampus. Um, if you are a regular listener of the show, we had T. Krulos on Dude, uh, a, a cool few episodes guy. back, yeah. and- he has been part of the Minnesota. That's actually another Krampus thing I follow. He's been part of the Milwaukee Krampus Parade slash kind of festival. Krampus not. And I think this is the third year that they've done it. Wow. And I think it's been Man. growing steadily every year. We had to drive six hours to go participate in this because we I, well there Michigan was a, nothing's happening in Michigan yet. I think they're trying to do something in Detroit, but it's not well, they quite had, there they, yet. They had the Detroit Krampus thing the night after, which was last it Friday. Wasn't, it wasn't unofficially on December fifth. Yeah, and, and this it was, was not. And this was actually a, like true Krampus night. And this was at the Bavar- <laughs> this was at the Bar- it was actually Bavarian at a, yeah, beer house. Beer house. It, yeah, it was actually like a real beer German house. beer garden, complete with pretzels and sausage in abundance and German which beer. Which was just dude. And people that listen to our show, I, I love, you know, with Amber, she starts to glow when we go to certain places. And she was very excited about the pretzel. That's, I think, remember you were very excited about having one I of the giant had, German I haven't pretzels. had a good pretzel and cheese for, in forever. And that was a good pretzel and cheese. It was really, I could have just probably had that. Like, I would have my own pretzel with my own cheese and mustard. Yeah. And then you could have gotten your own. So well, we, we didn't have to share. I don't like sharing. We humped it out there. And see, the the big reason that I wanted to go to this too, I mean, I, of course, I wanted to experience the the you know the Milwaukee Krampus knot. Um, but this is also, Cudahy is not too far away from the the beer, the Bavarian bar, beer house where we were at, where this event was happening. And Cudahy houses my all-time favorite hotel, uh, which is called the Sheridan's Inn. And it's a place I go to every year for a metal fest. I like to go to a bunch of metal bands play out there. So when we caught wind that this was basically in the same neighborhood, like, well, let's go out there and we'll stay at this really rad hotel and it'll be fun. So that was kind of like my side of it. Um, however, getting to the Bavarian Beer House, um, I, I, said, I said this when we pulled up. I had been there before. We, were, we actually went there for dinner one night um, just to hang out. I mean, we just went there. I, I, and I forgot that I had been there. Uh, but the food was amazing, right, Amber? Yeah, it was good. What'd you have, Amber? Sausage. What kind of sausage, Amber? Sausage. Sausage. Sausage and sauerkraut. Sausage. Yeah, they have. Yeah, well, and they, potato salad. I don't remember ever having German potato salad though. And beer. It's yeah. sweeter. God, that one beer would not end though. No, we got that was ridiculous. But we it was get, cheap. Well, because it was happy hour still. So, and like so a, the guy's like, you guys want the small beer or the beer that never ends? And we're like, oh, well, let's get the beer that never ends. That sounds like a good size. Yeah, and it just made And it stupid. really didn't. It made me stupid. It I, I me dumb. felt nothing. I just felt more full. It's you're, like, I can't eat another pretzel now because of this beer that doesn't end. <laughs> but yeah, the Milwaukee Cramp is not... And thank you to T. Yeah, T yeah. was very nice to us. Uh, he was very busy. And he was we running around like crazy we, we We went into this thing knowing that we weren't going to no, be able to right. hang out with him. That's, he, and that's fine. He was super busy running around there, but he we met up with him. We shook hands, said hi, and he was nice, nice enough to give us a media pass. Yeah, which he was tossed super some passes cool. at us and ran away. Yeah, and he ran away. <laughs> he said, enjoy your evening. Goodbye. 
Uh, but it was a really, really. It was really cool, and great. it has a lot of potential. Like, what do you mean it has a lot of potential? There was like a thousand people there. there no, there was a ton, but it, it has amazing. Even, it has the potential for the actual parade part to grow and have more people participate in more costumes. Yeah, and um, like just Krampuses, Krampi running Krampi. around everywhere. And then they had a big bonfire, that, and then the parade kind of ended around the bonfire, so there was just people walking around in creepy outfits around a bonfire with a German trumpet band doing their thing. Just rocking out. <laughs> so, that, that, so that was kind of trippy. They're dan- and they, you have all these, like, Krampuses with, like, le- dancing with around. With on. Yeah, dancing around the Not band. The Krampus, Goop, but... They're dancing around the band yeah. as they're playing, too. It was just a great, it was a great gig. It was a great, yeah. it was just a great scene. It was cool so to I, be around. So I, I hope that can get going in... All states around the U.S. because I think it's really cool for people like us, the the more creepy weirdos out there. Well, yeah, we we get all bummed like, out when Halloween ends, right? This is like Christmas. It's like Halloween we're trying, for Christmas. We're trying to get. We're trying to get. Yeah, we're trying to move the Halloween stuff. Like, it doesn't Christmas have now. to end. Yay. December fifth. Yay! So I, I again, I want we wanted to thank yeah. T for for having us out there. It was very nice of him to do that, and I am going to be back next year because that was a riot because. That was just, yeah. It was on the fifth. It was beautiful. Unless I can't Detroit steps up, uh, yeah. That's but, but not we, as far. We, we can stay at the Sheridans though. And I love that hotel. Oh. But that was kind of a bummer because we found out like I think I'd rather stay closer. We weren't well. Yeah, we were about. It's a little far. Yeah, my the metal fest. And I go now to they there, don't have your breakfast and food you want there, so. which bums me out. Yeah, because the next morning we found out that the Sheridans has now become a bed and breakfast. Before it was a full blown hotel that had. Their own executive chef, in which the food was amazing. And that was the reason I like to stay there because it's a really nice hotel. It's yeah. really comfy. And so when we sat down, I was all ready for this big, awesome breakfast. And, and then the girl's like, yeah, we got like, bacon and eggs. Well, she's like, you have your choice of two hot plates. Oh, it yeah. Was, it was yeah. basically, how do you want me to arrange your bacon and eggs? Um, yeah. Do you want me to turn it into a sandwich or spread it out on a plate? Yeah. And, and it was fine. Like It was good. It was fine. It was, good. It it was, was a nice breakfast, but I was like, and then and, they had she like had explained little... that to us because I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, where's the menu at? I want to, where's the menu at? And what's going on? And she's like, well, no, this has been changed around. It's a bed and breakfast. Well, it now. seemed like, I and mean, even when we got in there, it just seemed like a ghost town. So I was like, oh, what? People come here to eat, huh? Yeah, I, I so whatever. The restaurant, I've been there when the restaurant was full and the place was awesome. So tonight we had on Tim Shaw. Dude, what a cool And Tim guy. Shaw is a guy that I keep seeing everywhere lately, uh, conferences. Um, and he's a super nice guy and I never have enough time to really talk with him because we're working tables or running around or doing or whatever. Yeah. And so we finally got him on the show to just talk about all things paranormal because yeah. he's an old school investigator and very medium. old school. Yeah. So he's been doing this for a long time, researching the paranormal metaphysical. He grew up in Western New York and he had relatives, which I think is so cool in the Lilydale spiritualist assembly. Uh, so he kind of grew up with Catholicism and spiritualism, which brought, you know, made for a unique upbringing. So Tim is a medium. He's been through training through the National Spiritualist Association, the Omega Institute, the priesthood of Melchizedek, as well as under the tutelage of many influential instructors. And he's also a successful author, lecturer, media personality, and photographer. Please enjoy our discussion with Tim Shaw.
All right. Welcome, Tim. Thank you for joining us on our show, Ghostly Talk. We're so thrilled to have you. Ghostly Talk. And I I don't know if you remember, but I was your is, is neighbor. Is in the back there that yeah. I hear? Yeah. <laughs> the GT Gremlin. The GT Gremlin. Plenty, um, of those, plenty of those in the equipment, I tell you that. But I was your neighbor at the Flint conference that just happened uh, at the very beginning of November. And right. yeah, I was next to your table. And one of the, the first thing I noticed was like, for, you had everything on your table I wanted to own. And <laughs> and I know your bio like has a bunch of awesome stuff about like how you study the paranormal, you're a medium, um, you kind of grown, grown up in this world. But what I was fascinated about at your table was your old stuff, your spiritualism stuff. And I had specifically asked about your spirit trumpets because I recognized right. them right away. And I'm like, oh, cool. You got some of those. And so when I was looking at your bio, it mentions that you kind of grew up in both worlds with Catholicism and spiritualism, having family that were part of the Lilydale Assembly. And how much did that shape your interest in what you do now and and what you research? Well, you know, I mean, uh, first of all, let me just say uh, Catholicism and uh, spiritualism is not that far of a stretch apart, no matter what anybody really thinks. Outside of the divination of Jesus Christ, uh, there really isn't that much of a difference. The titles are a little different, of course. What we call things are a little bit different, but it's all the same. I worked with an exorcist with a Western Rite Catholic Church, and we had so many arguments over that until one day, you know, I got kind of like, duh, my eyes opened up, and I thought, well, wait a minute, you're right. It, you know, what you're describing as a demon, I would say, is a lower vibration, blah, blah, blah. So, uh you know, I think that Catholicism actually uh, fed a lot of my interest in spiritualism. But I can't say enough about some of my early mentors back in the 1970s. Uh, they really uh, went out of their way to go and uh, teach us some of the uh, nuances of uh, the old style the old style of uh, uh, ghost hunting and and spirit rescue services, and you you mentioned the spirit trumpet. That the one that I had at Flint uh, is actually from the 1940s. Okay. that's what they call a student trumpet because it's only three tiers high. A professional trumpet, which I do have in my office here, is actually four tiers high, and uh, it doesn't really match size. And Amber, Amber, no matter what they tell you. Don't believe it. Size doesn't really matter when it comes to spiritual. <laughs> I'll come right out and tell. I'll come right out and tell you that it really doesn't because you start with just the smallest, uh, the smallest section. That's how you start working with it. But spiritualism has really. Uh, I mean, back in the day, I saw some wonders, and there's a lot of things. Of course, I mean, I'll come right out and tell people that I back in the seventies and the sixties. That was the time of the end of the era of the great frauds where, you know, you had all the carny trickers, uh, tricksters out there. You had people doing billet readings and and some really, really cold readings and that sort of thing. So uh, that always kind of that that bothered me. But on the other hand, I mean, some of the things that I saw, I can't I can't explain. I mean, to see full uh, full apparitions and uh, to hear a discarnate voice, uh, you know, just emanating from, I don't know where the, I would say the ethers now, but back then when I was a kid, I didn't have a clue. So it, I was kind of uh, dumbfounded at that. I mean, I, I was at uh, services where the, uh, 
the minister would be speaking, and then he would have a second voice coming out of his solar plexus while oh. he was speaking. So there's no way that he could actually uh, be, you know, a ventriloquist. And back in the 70s, we didn't have real small microphones and, and you know, the little amps and uh, yeah. recorders that we have now. So uh, it, it really shapes a lot of the way that I look at uh, paranormal investigating today. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm a tech head. I love tech. I'll come right out and say it. But on the flip side, I'm glad I didn't grow up with all the tech because it makes me more observant of what goes on. Let me just let me do. Do I have time to tell you a little story oh, about? Yeah. Uh, we are all the time. Okay, the USS. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure you guys know about the USS Edson in Bay City. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And. Oh, I love that. Love that ship. Well, you know, we were in that uh, the 9-11 room, and we've been doing some investigations there. And I'm sitting there with my back towards the hatch, and I'm going, man, it feels like just like, oh, like that ick feeling that somebody's like staring at me. I turned around, and it was like in the, in the little hatchway, there was a human. It looked like a human body, but it was black. And but the head was white, but it was like over pixelated. That's the way it looked. And it turned and was going down the hall. And it looked like it was on roller skates. And oh. I jumped up, you know, and ran after it. And everybody thought I was seasick or whatever. <laughs> and I, of course, I bounced off the walls because, you know, I I'm old. <laughs> you know, I don't have great. I don't I don't have that, uh, you know, that that balance anymore. Yeah. And I followed it to go down into this one galleyway. And uh, it went to a berth, a crew berth. And later on, they told me that's where this engineer had passed away by the name of Paul uh, when he was, you know, maintaining the ship, I think, in New York City. This went directly with the old school stuff to be observant, to look, to be present in the now rather than looking at my equipment. You know, I'm, I'm one of those guys that's like, I never check my recorders. I never, I never check that stuff. Because of the fact there's always time to do it when you go home. That's when I, I, I think that that's, that's the time to do it. When you're on a hunt, when you're on the investigation, you're there to be part of the entire, you get, you know, you kind of got to like transcend and you have to be part of everything that's going on and you have to watch for everything because nobody, absolutely nobody that was down in that hold saw what I saw. And that's a shame because I think if one person had actually looked up just when I did, instead of looking down at their meters and their little, you know, their recorders yeah. and stuff, I think they would have been able to experience it. So I come from a time when experience, personal experiences were actually more important than the recordings and, and stuff that you can, uh, you know, bring forth and validate later. Going on that idea, I really was interested in the technical side of things and you know the macgyver type things you know kind of being out there the x-files type thing you know equipment i that was kind of like my idea i thought it was kind of neat right but i was also very interested just in the technical aspect of this field and what type of devices you know what could you use to maybe detect something let's say and i've met lots and lots of people over the years who have presented very interesting devices or software programs that they've built themselves uh, and people have sent us stuff we have equipment here that people have sent us that they said here's my idea you know i have a crystal that i wanted to put in this microphone and and things like that right and i find that absolutely fascinating however i know myself 
I've went through this this cycle, as I mentioned before, where I I evolved. I think from you know, well, I think we all start. And tell me if I'm wrong, Tim. I think we all kind of start in this old school mentality. I know the first time that I went out ghost observing or ghost hunting, um, I came out with a flashlight, a 35 millimeter camera, and, and that was it. I mean, that's all I really came out there with. It was that was pretty low tech, is as far as I'm concerned. So I think most of us start in this what I would refer to as this old, you know, or you refer to as this old school. Uh, idea where it's right, more right. just kind of observing, right? And I know I went through the technical aspect of things for a while, and years and years ago now, I fell back to the more old school, uh, or I'll, or what you described, being in the moment, being there, and of just observing things with your own eyes, right? I've got myself to a point that we when we the, the the times we do go out and, and go to uh, go to a place and do an investigation, I just show up. <laughs> I just show up. I mean, yeah, I may have a, a digital recorder or something because EVP, I, I think I'm a bit more interested in that type of stuff than visual things, but that's about it. I don't, I really am into this idea that you're talking about where it is just being in the moment involved with this thing and, and seeing something with your own two eyes. And that's what I care about. I think now is just that I'm not really concerned about proving anything to anybody, but myself as far exactly. as, as far as what, you know, if they're, if ghosts are there, if, you know, if these things do exist. Right. And that's really, I think if anybody sticks with this stuff, I, I'd like to think that maybe this cycle that they go through where they, they kind of go through that and then get to the other side and say, you know what, I'm doing this because I like to do it and I want to be a part of this thing. And I mean, I'm truly interested in this. And the only way to really experience this would be with my own two, two eyes. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. And yeah. here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know what? Uh, I hope nobody out there in radio land gets me, <laughs> takes this the wrong way. But I think that a lot of the problems that we see now are caused by people, well-meaning people, who want to prove that there's something else out there. Well, you know, as far as I'm concerned, my religion has always taught me that the, the, the religion is not one of conversion. It's one of conviction, which means that you have to go and experience, you know, whatever, whether it's positive messages or, or physical phenomena or whatever, and prove it to yourself. Yeah. See, I'm not in competition with anybody. I don't really care about any of that. Uh, you know, you have some really mean-spirited people out there that you can present the most astounding evidence and they're going to tear it apart, which is good. But they only tear it apart not because it's wrong, but because they didn't catch it. You know, that's where that's where I have a problem with things. Yeah. I, per, I personally am one of these people that, you know what, if you guys got a TV show tomorrow. I would be thrilled because I would say, hey, there are two great people that have got it. And when you guys, when one person succeeds, I think we all succeed. And that's what's important. That's we have to we can't lose sight of why we're doing this. Yeah. And lately, I'll be honest with you, man, I I've you know I try not to do a lot of public <laughs> hunts, although, you know, in my contract there usually usually states that I will be doing a hunt. Yeah. But you have to produce because back in the day, uh, 
on a, on a public hunt, people actually brought equipment. You had teams that came in and, and actually did stuff. Yeah. Now it's nothing more than a glorified uh, haunted house. Yeah. You know? That's really and, yeah. You're right. And if you don't, and if you don't produce, forget it. If you don't get that, you know, people don't get that aha moment. Well, you know what? I just paid X amount of money and it was BS. This was terrible. And that that to me is 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 really uh, what. I think the one of the main problems that we have going on right now. So uh, I try to go whenever I do public hunts. I kind of de-evolutionize myself, even though I have like two Rubbermaid totes with wheels full of equipment that I never use. <laughs> I and I mean I go right back. To, I'll use dowsing rods. Uh, I'll go and my one of my favorites. One of my oh I gotta I gotta tell you it's my absolute favorite thing. Take a uh, a styrofoam cup, the cheapest thing out there. You know, take a styrofoam cup. I have no hair, so I have to go and borrow somebody's head. Rub <laughs> it on their head. Create a static electricity field and put it on the floor. You know what? All of a sudden, everybody's around. Everybody's looking around. All of a sudden, that that little that cup goes, vroom, starts moving. Well, why mm-hmm. is that? Because you have some kind of energy that has walked by it, that has that has floated by it. Low tech. Sometimes low tech can you can really capture things well, and yeah, just and like i said before wh- too just just your body i think oh, that's yeah. the greatest tool that people have and i mean again i hate to fall back on this but i do appreciate the the technical side of things like i said i've seen people do you know create some amazing tools and pieces of equipment um but I and I've also went on, you know, been to places where people are using these things, and all they're doing is staring at a screen, and that's why I keep saying, True. like, man, you're not in the moment here. You're not a part of this thing. You're not, you know, use your senses, or you know, use the senses we know about, and maybe that sense that you don't know about, uh, see what that is. But again, that doesn't produce, like, like you said, exactly. It don't produce exactly. this this artifact or evidence that people you can't want. get YouTube clicks with that. Well, no, you can't. Well, you you but, can't. No, and that's and that's it. And that's where people see a lot of people are doing things, you know, to put it on Facebook, to put it on YouTube, yeah. to get that popularity. Maybe somebody in Hollywood is going to go and see you or whatever. Fine, that's cool if that's what you want to do. But to be truthful, it ain't going to work. It ain't really going to happen. It ain't really going to happen. Uh, so no. you have to do it for yourself. And that's the way I, I try to teach, to teach like students to come to me. And you got to do this stuff for yourself. Uh, mediumship. If I know a student is only doing it for the money, I don't teach them. Yeah, I send them ridiculous. away. Yeah. And because you have to have a higher calling. Yeah. You know, a little bit of ethics in there, but you have to have a little bit of a higher calling and you have to do this stuff for the right reason. You know, if you, you know, it's like paranormal investigation and mediumship are go hand in hand. But if you have to do one or the other, in order to put food on your table. Dude, go and get yourself a, cr- a night crew chief or a night crew job yeah. stocking yeah. shelves someplace so you can bring some money in because that's the that's not what it's for. No. What, what, we, what we're doing is, you know, of course, if we have a problem, because I've done a lot of negative cases, uh, if you have a problem, you're doing it for that client. And that client, while you're working for them, you those clients are the most imper- important person in your people in your life at that time. And yeah. that's a huge thing that people are missing because you know these people are being you know these people can be 
being tormented or, you know, it's your job to try to go and lessen it. And I know teams that won't pass a case on to somebody that may be a little bit more qualified. Hell, I got a network of people. I got one guy who's an exorcist and a mental health, health professional. And yeah. I don't think twice about calling him. I have a friend who is, I have a friend who's an Algonquin, who's a follower of uh, Mad Bull Anderson, Mad Bear Anderson of the Tuscarora. And he's one of the last of the wisdom keepers. If I feel that there's something that maybe Native American might be more elemental, I call on him. I pass these cases to him because it's not my ego. My ego is just, you know what my ego is? My ego is like when I wake up in the morning and say, hey, what am I going to do today? Oh, I know. <laughs> I'm just going to wander. That's as far as my ego actually <laughs> goes now. You yeah. know, I'm not really... That's, I'm not concerned about it. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people are missing that missing that boat. And believe me, tech is great. I've got probably, uh, I'm trying to think, six scanners and uh, uh, three, uh, three filter boxes and another one on the way. And I love that. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love that stuff. Yeah. Some of the stuff that I've captured on there is like amazing. But, but, what are you capturing? You have to ask yourself, what are you capturing? Are you capturing something that may be, you know, indigenous to the location? Is it something that is attached to a person or did it come with the investigators? Yeah, People you just aren't don't asking know. the right questions. You just, you just don't know. And, you know, to go back to the point with people who do investigations, and I'll, I've been saying this for years and I'm going to keep saying this for years, and you said you said something already that that ties right in with that when you're dealing with a, a family or people that may think they have a haunting in their home um those people are the most important people in your life at that time and i don't think there's people there's groups and people out there who do this thing that they don't i don't think they realize the gravity of what they're doing sometimes and i mean i don't like to be critical about people but I, but I will because I've experienced this. I've seen this over the years, and I think people don't take this as seriously. That you could really freak people, some people out. You could really mess people up mentally if you don't handle these things properly. And it becomes it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy, well, and that's one of the yeah. big things that you have to worry about when you're doing mediumship, because what you say, your words carry weight. They carry yeah. worth. And if you go, I, I don't know how many, th now again, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to get down on, on Judeo Christians or any, because, because I used to be one. I'm no longer one. I, I follow, you know, uh, uh, I don't even follow a pagan path. My path right now is a little bit more, uh, voodoo and, uh, uh, you know, a little bit more in that area. And, my biggest thing is I don't know how many times I've gotten calls from somebody and they've said, well, so-and-so's uh, group was here and they said that there's a demon yeah. in this house yeah. or there's there's something negative or there's a fallen angel here. You know, yeah. I, I, are you kidding how, how me? How the hell what? do you know you that? Me? How do you your, know that? Your, your, job, your job should be, 100%, your job should be to empower these people, to re-educate these people, to help them deal with what's going on while you're trying to figure this problem out. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a hierarchy, and people aren't getting that. They're not doing any kind of education. I used to, I, used, I had belonged to one group years and years ago where there was something going on with a, with a small child, and the kid was getting up in the middle of the night, and he's playing, and he's talking to this imaginary person, and mm -hmm. we got... Uh, a name, 
I mean, as we're sitting in the kids in the room, we got this name came through. Well, we don't know who this person is because, well, they the, the group was hoarding the the recording. They wanted to release it like on a like for you know try as use it as leverage for a TV show. Oh, I, fin- I finally got it and I took it to the lady and you know to the mom and I said, "This is what we got." And a name came up. She looked at me. She goes, "Oh, well, that's the guy. That's the the nice guy that used to own the house. He passed away." Yeah. Well, there you go. That's gatekeeping. Now, all of a sudden, you sit down. You're talking with the ladies. You're talking with the family, and it's like, "Well, this is who it is." And he's really benign. I don't think there's a problem here. Uh, I don't see anything negative. The kid's not getting scratched. Not getting scared. There's no, I don't find a problem with this. And they agreed with me. And they never had a problem after that. Mm, but on the yeah. but on the flip side, I mean, you go and tell somebody you got something negative in the house. And then you, at 2 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> after shaking stuff up, man, you get in your car and drive away. Well, that's, <laughs> these yeah. People, the, they, these people are, like, sitting there with books flying off yeah. the wall at them. Or even if they careful. misdiagnose the situation where yeah. people can come in and quickly go, well, I don't know, it must be a demon. And there could be absolutely nothing. Well, but now you've just they, told yeah, these people. You've front-loaded somebody. Exactly. You, you diagnosed it and and you've terrified these people in their own home yeah that's their comfort zone that's their safe haven and you've just told them this line of bs i've said this uh, i've said this a million times on the show and again i'm going to keep saying it a million more times i've personally been involved with investigations and in the old days when we were doing this way more actively um I would, I would say the same thing to people. I'd say, look, we're going to come here and take pictures, take audio, uh, make some observations, maybe bring somebody who, who may be a sensitive in. There's a lot of things we may do. And if we don't get anything or come up with any results, I'm going to let you know. But if we come up with something we would consider anomalous, I'm going to let you know that also, right? Exactly. So, so the question exactly. is, the question is, can my question to them simply at the end of that spiel is, can you handle that? Because I don't want to be responsible for you running out of your house at 3 o'clock in the morning in your underwear screaming your head off. I don't want to be responsible for that because, to me, it's more of just a mental thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to, to verify some things. But you being there, you being there, because, I mean, that's one of the things, I mean, when you say you study the paranormal, people, and we've all experienced this, I know I have, people all of a sudden think that you know something. And I, I'm, I'm so clear about that. People are like, look. So, yeah, I've been studying this stuff for a while. It doesn't mean I know anything, though, right? There's, there's no absolutes. There's, there's no absolutes. No absolutes whatsoever. So I, that's something that I, I, fi- I feel very strongly about with, the, with, the, with, the, with investigations is I don't think people realize, going back to that, the gravity of what they're doing and how you could really mess somebody up mentally if you do the wrong thing here, right? That's why, again, I would say that to people. And you know what, Tim? I would say, look, I'll give you four or five days to think it over and let me know. And a handful of people over that time would call me back and say, you know what? We thought about this and we're happy. Nothing's happening here. We just thought we've seen some stuff every once in a while. And we're okay with that. We don't want to take it any further than that. And I think that's fair. I think that's that's exactly. the way it yeah. should be handled. Not go in there and, yeah, stir it up, like you said, for better or for worse, and then declare there's a demon there. <laughs> <laughs> when you don't know, when look, you, people don't know. I'm sorry. I, I well, maybe maybe some people do. I mean, I'll be fair about that. But I, I don't think a group of people that have been studying that have been studying the paranormal for like say five or six years. Well, if their mentor Zach Baggins, 
<laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if you or want any to, TV uh, show, no names, no yeah. names, well, no, no, no names. names. Okay, <laughs> I'll <laughs> say any TV show because we all know that a lot well, of people yeah. Yeah. watched a couple shows, formed a group, and then started going into people's homes, which no, is just and, creepy. And, that, and that's you know, I understand that. And again, we've we've talked about this stuff before, and I understand that that's an inspiration. I and I think that's really great. I've said I know uh, Tim. I'd like your know your thoughts on this too. But I think okay, great. The fact that people will watch, you know, have watched a show. And they're inspired to go out and do this work also. I think that's fantastic. But there's a lot more to it than just going somewhere, I guess, with matching T-shirts on, I guess. I don't know, right? Um, exactly. I mean. No. Hey, wait a minute. The whole T-shirt thing? I just threw out 35 T-shirts that people have given me over the years. <laughs> oh, because they're all, like, falling apart. And I yeah. use them for chamois now because I just. You know what? This kid can't fit in a, in, in a large anymore. So, you know, they're, they're out. They're out. But, but I, uh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100% because now, I mean, you, you guys know. I mean, you guys saw my bio. I've been on, like, network TVs and I've consulted yeah. for network TVs. And I went out and I did location spotting for, for, for network shows and that sort of thing over the years. Uh, I've done, I don't know how many pilots. But here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. What people have to understand, which sometimes they don't, is that TV is commercialized entertainment. It yeah. is pablum for the masses. And th those people that are on there understand it. The big thing is, is that the people watching these shows, they're taking all this stuff for granted. And I can, I can, I can tell you uh, on, on one popular show that has been revived, uh, like three instances <laughs> where there was, there was fraud. And, yeah. you know, and, and I, here, let me. I'll even tell you. I'll come right out and say I did. I did a um, a pilot for uh, Spike TV, and they were. I, I told them right up front. If you guys, if I catch you guys faking, I'm out of here. I don't care about contracts. Sue me. Go ahead, sue me. See how far you get. And uh, uh, I, we, you know, nobody would say anything. They're all afraid. And finally, they sent another team member over to tell me that they faked this in entire scene yeah. the entire scene because the star quote unquote and he was a tv guy he was an actor uh you know wanted to punch it up a little bit and the, and they wanted it to look better for tv yeah well you know here's the and i'll be honest with you i was so mad i got up and uh i started walking down the road towards the hotel which was quite a distance away and they all came got got a hold of me and i you know i just i wouldn't work the rest of the day flew home and they had a big conference call, and I said, "Listen, you know, this is this is BS. This is totally BS. This is also not only are we, you know, are we doing something fraudulent, but, but it's my reputation. You know, this actor, this thing that you get caught, you know, you get caught faking. This actor yeah. just so what? He gets another acting gig. This other guy goes back to whatever he was doing, and he." Nothing happens to him. Yeah. Me, I get blackballed out of the spiritual churches, and I can't serve anywhere. I, you know, I mean, I'm a has been. Then I said, you can't do this. Yeah, and oh, we won't do it. We, we not. We, I promise you. And sure enough, I got when I saw it. It was only uh, they they sent me a copy of it, and it was only shown once at like three o'clock on a Wednesday, and <laughs> uh, three a.m. at a Wednesday. Yeah. And uh, uh, sure enough, they had that whole they had a whole scene in there where it was all fake and fraudulent. Yeah. Yeah. And that's wrong. And see, that's where people have got to go, and they've got to use their common sense. 
in our society today, we have lost the ability to have that common sense, to understand what's real and what's not real. Just because it's on TV doesn't make it real. Just because they're using a device on TV does not mean that some kind, you know, like a K2 doesn't mean that a cellular tower 100 miles away for whatever reason is creating some kind of an echo and that that frequency is bouncing and all of a sudden 10, 10 K2s go off at the same time. You have to look at it scientifically because there's always something that may happen. It's the same thing with mediumship. When you go into a location, you've got to be as honest as you possibly can. And I'll be honest with you 100%. I don't believe that if you bring a medium on board on an investigation for mediumship purposes, at the end of their walkthrough, they should go home so they don't influence anybody else on that team that are going through their doing tech. Okay. I personally, as a medium, I can divorce myself from it. I mean, that's, you know, I turn it off. I'll make a little, if I do feel something while I'm doing a tech walkthrough or, you know, a vigil or whatever, I write it down and I don't say anything. The problem with a lot of mediums is the fact that all of a sudden they take over the investigation. So you've got to be careful with that. And there's a lot of mediums out there that have not had proper training. And I do, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with natural mediums. Nothing wrong with it. But they're not trained, uh, you know, ethically where, you know, they have to try to understand what's going on, getting the best and highest vibration. Stop getting 1,000 and 1,000 people coming through. Don't tell me that you're out there and you're going you're gonna, to, you know, uh, you know, cross over 5,000 souls, yeah. you know, don't do that because yeah. a lot of that is in your imagination. It really truly is. So yeah. you need to have, uh, mediums have to have as much training as, you know, as the tech people. And I say this because I mean, I've, I still take training to this day. I'm 62 years old and I still take training and I try to be as, as, as neutral as possible. And I try to be as quiet as possible. And I refuse, I refuse to go and let my opinions, if I should get an impression, influence anybody else on the team. And that's what's important about yeah. it. So people have got to really watch what they're doing when they're out there. But too many people are, they, they take, again, as far as I'm concerned, 99%. And I love the ghost shows, don't get me wrong. And if somebody came up with a, with a contract tomorrow, I would probably consider it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that too many people do not use their God-given common sense to understand that it's TV. It's commercially driven. It is sponsored dollars that keep the show on TV. It's sponsored placement, brand placement, that keeps it on there. So you have to keep that in mind. You gotta keep the heat, yeah, and you gotta this. keep the heat on. I mean, you gotta keep people exactly. want to watch it, and I, and that, and that is the common sense side of this thing. You know, one of the things that I've, I've, especially this last last couple of years, it's something I've always kind of just kept. Uh, it's it's a record I like to just keep spinning in my head. Is is this idea that we're all gonna make it? I say that to myself a lot. I just I keep saying that to myself uh, because you know I'm human and I've had those. Those uh, those moments of jealousy, let's say, right? Um, 
less human. That's it's human. human. It's totally human. And it's one thing. It's something. It's a piece of Zen that I've been working with a lot. It's been this thing where it's like, you know, we're all going to make it. We're all going to make it. You know, everybody's going to do their thing. It's going to be awesome. And, and I believe that. Right. So, you know, and we've we've always kind of leaned hard on on the TV shows for many, many years now. And, and and the reasons for that is these very reasons that you've discussed and that we discussed tonight, too, is that, you know, look, if you make it, that's great. I think that's fantastic. Anybody who, who's able to get to that point, I really do think it's great. However, I think at this point, though, most people should know what they're, A, getting themselves into, and B, uh, on the other side of it, nine people out of 10 are going to think you're a fraud. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know exactly. any other nice way to say it. I mean, because I think people do, people are using their common sense. And I think common sense just kind of, it's natural when it comes to observing TV shows of this type. The reality, it's reality TV shows. That's what they are. Uh, and I think people just have a natural knee jerk reaction to them now uh, where they do say, well, this is, you know, BS. It's just, it's going to be, it's, it's a TV show, right? I, 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 think I have to disagree. I you know, it's got, I got to disagree with you. There. Okay. All right. Because, because, and this is what I love about you guys. Cause we can agree to disagree. Absolutely. That's what I love about Yeah, totally cool. What's uh, up? But I, I, I do a lot of, I do a lot of speaking. I do a lot of public stuff Yeah. where, you know, I go to libraries and I go to different, you know, locations and, you know, little, little places and you'd be shocked at what the common person, not anybody who's paranormally interested into it, but what the common person is perceiving off of these TV shows. And okay. that to me is what, you know, really surprised me. And I've noticed an upswing in it, I would say, the last two years, where I'm getting more and more people coming up and, and saying, Did you see this episode on this show where this happened? Yeah. And I'll say, Yeah. And well, is it possible? It's possible, but is it probable? I said, and that's what I tell them. You have to understand that these are, you know, this is all carefully, you know, scripted. These are, you know, you have shot scripts going on. You have, you have uh, the, the, the spooky music that's pushing through. I said, take, <laughs> you know, the EVPs have an underlying uh, background uh, music in there. Understand that this is all there to psycho psychologically go and throw you off. Don't think that these these production companies, and I tell people, don't think that these production companies do not have a on their payroll a, psycho a psychologist or a sociologist that doesn't go and say, hey, if you put X, X Y, and Z, these people in this situation and cause this to happen, you're going to get the shot you want. I'll, well, I'll, give, you, I'll give you an example. That, we were uh, we were all sitting in this. We're sitting in this big hall, mm -hmm. and uh, I think there was like six of us. So we're sitting there, and the camera the camera crew is 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 you know they're zeroed right down on us, and we're we're sitting there, and we've asked a couple questions. All of a sudden, we heard this door slam, bang, right, bang. Mm -hmm. We all jump. Do you know what? When I saw the end cut. You don't hear the crew guy going, oh, sorry, guys, that's all taken out. What you see, you hear this bang and you hear all of us jump. And we're all like, what is that? What was that? Yeah. 
it was placed in a certain way, and I still believe to this day that that crew member was told to slam that door. I was at a location recently where we were filming, and man, you know, there was there was like a Mothman creature that that had that had been seen in this area yeah. in uh, Western New York. All of a sudden, we hear this bang, 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 bang on the roof. Gee, how did that happen? I'll tell you how, how, because the owner of the house threw a rock on the roof because hmm. he knew nothing was going on and he needs, they need the revenue for this location to keep it afloat. So you've got to go and you've got to investigate all that and you have to keep all of that in the back of your mind when you're doing stuff. And that's what I tell people just because it's on TV, please don't believe, don't believe oh, yeah. everything. No. And I know, I would say most of the people that are on the major on the major shows and and I know quite a quite a few who used to have shows and every one of them says the same thing. Oh no, and I production companies are are are, are the way they the way they edit yeah. the way they cut, they can do it any way they want and make us look like fools or heroes. And that and that all makes sense. I agree with that. I think you know what I was saying before though, um I think the knee jerk reaction comes from people that know better. <laughs> Let's just put it that way, because you're right. Um, I mean, we've been to plenty of conferences with, I guess the, you call them the pair of celebrity people, right? And there's a line going a mile around the building to meet this person. And a lot of the people, you can just, I could just tell they're not people that really study the paranormal. I think they're more just fans of the right. show. Right. And I think, right. and when you say, you mentioned like, yeah, the average person, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's a person that studies this stuff the same way that we do, that, or that, that has a passion for it. It's somebody that just enjoys the TV show. Right. Right. And exactly. And they, uh, you know, oh my God, he's so hot. You know, that kind of shit. <laughs> right. I mean, you're going to have that. Well, thank you, too. Scott. I didn't <laughs> think you noticed. <laughs> but no, you have that too. I mean, some of these people, you know, they're so handsome. Uh, you know, so it's a, it's celebrity stuff. You're, 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 you're starstruck. Right. No, you're and that's right, cool. 100%. That's super cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, you know, we're on the same page, I think, with this thing. A hundred percent. I, I, you know, it, and I think the knee jerk, I know it comes from me, my knee jerk because again, I know better. Is mm, no, it's just not happening. <laughs> you know, it just it don't work that way, man. And I mean, uh, we've often said this about the shows. Um, yeah. So the the show thing we I find hilarious because I've said this for years is if they were to do like a real investigation, it would be basically yeah, it'd be a group of people that goes to a location. And, well, first off, the show will be about 10 or 12 hours long, which is a huge problem right there, right? And then really all it would be, if it was a real type of investigation, would be people kind of walking around the building, doing recording, taking evidence, or kind of what we talked about before, where you are just trying to observe the, you know, observe the environment with all your senses. And we both know, Tim, that that would not look very good on TV. <laughs> Well, it's no, just, it's not. It's not conducive to good TV. It's not conducive and that's, to that and, at all. And that's and that's exactly it. Yeah. But the, most shows do not go and put a little uh, text at the bottom, a, a little trailer at the bottom that says uh, 14 hours later, next day." They make it all look. It, it's what they want to do is just like going to the movies. Yeah. It's called the suspension of reality. Yeah. And what they want the viewer to do is suspend their reality for that hour and watch what goes on. 
and too many people get walk away with the wrong idea of, yeah. of what we do. Yeah. And, you know, and again, then, then you have like, uh, you know, all the, you know, then you have the general public that are going out to all these places and standing there going, well, this is boring, you know, <laughs> and th- that's it. And there's a lot of pressure on people to go and try to produce. Yeah. And that's, you know, and this hasn't changed. This was the same thing back with the Fox sisters back in, the, you know, when, you know, the, they had the, uh, they first got the wrappings in uh, yeah. March 31st of 1849. Mm-hmm. And when they went out there, uh, they had to produce. They had to produce. That mediums had to produce. You had to go and do something because it was part of your livelihood. That's why I always say what you're doing this for shouldn't be your livelihood. This is an old man ta- told me that when I was back in 1972. It's supposed to be an addition to your life, but not your life. Yeah. And that's where a lot of people fall short. So you you can't go and let this rule what you're doing. You've got to try to go and. In, you know, intrinsically hold your ethics as close to your body as you possibly can and move forward. You guys definitely do it. And and that line of celebrities, you guys saw me at Flint. I had, what, two and a half people? I had, I had two people <laughs> and, and, I, and I think a service dog went to meet me, you know? <laughs> well, and so I, I, was, I was real popular that day. <laughs> uh, but was, but that, is the, that's, that is the reality of it, I think. And, uh, exactly. I agree. You know, and I, yeah, you do it for the right reasons. And I think that really sums it up is, you know, you have to do this stuff for the right reasons. Let's move away from this because it just gets my blood pressure up. <laughs> and it, 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 it bums me out, but it's but it is true. And it's 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 good to talk about this stuff, I think, though, too. But, you know, what? one thing I wanted to chat with you about, Tim, is this idea. And we I know I've talked about this with people in the past, but different spirit types. Right. Right. Um. I find this fascinating because, I mean, well, first off, I mean, well, okay, let's just get into it. Like, what type of different spirit types are out there? I, I, I guess that's the best way to ask you. There are so many. It's, it's amazing because man man goes and tries to categorize their everything. And this is something, again, uh, the bishop with the Western Rite Catholic Church, who is an exorcist, he and I kind of came up with like this this crazy list of different types of entities or energies whatever you have deity energies which which uh portray they come through as a godlike uh person godlike uh, uh spirit yeah. you have you have uh you know you have your lower entities which could be uh parasitical which uh really go and live off the energetic where all frequency thoughts are things things become frequency and they live off of that that fear that uh you know like a parasitical spirit will go and live off fear and jealousy hate and anger uh, an addictive spirit will go and turn around and and really because we believe in the natural laws and one of the natural laws is is like attracts like so what you are is what you attract so these entities go and they they come into these uh they attract they they, they attach themselves to the to these addictive people and they live through that because they no longer have a body to live the addiction but the the vibrational familiarity is what they was what they're seeking when you say so addictive, these are when you say addictive people you're talking about people that have issues with substance drugs yeah okay, drugs right. yeah substance abuse issues and that that sort of thing but not necessarily addictive personalities i mean you can go and it can be anything from substance abuse to uh you know sex maniacs and uh, nymphomaniacs and that and it all attracts what you are is what you're going to go and attract. So you have to, when we go into something that's negative, we have to kind of figure out what we're dealing with. Uh, you have to worry about people that are working with that. I mean, like Ouija boards. I have six 
65. Somebody just sent me two Ouija boards this last week. Yeah. And uh, I have 65 Ouija boards. People are deathly afraid of them because you get the Zozo phenomenon and all that sort of thing that comes in there. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have to really worry about, you know, what type of spirit is coming through. And a Zozo uh, phenomenon, that's a, that can be a trickster because they're like, they're like Eddie Haskell's man. They're like, Oh, hi. Well, my don't, aren't you looking well today? This is great. Oh, you're wonderful. And uh, all of a sudden they say, Hey, I, you know, can you do me a favor? Can I do X, Y, and Z through you? Or would you do that for me? So, you know, you have to, you have to use common sense with it. So a lot of these different types of spirits, and again, we have guide, you know, what we consider guide spirits, and we have gatekeepers, and we have, the, you know, the higher realm. But for every one spirit on the higher realm, they're on the lower realm too, man. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that, I mean, and I've, I've always wondered about this, and, and I, I, find, I hear this, I've heard this before, though, and substance, well, addiction, like you said, in general, just addiction, right? It seems like these type of people, and we're talking about living people now, right? Um, these are the ones that seem to be the most susceptible. And I mean, when we say addiction, I agree in, in all shapes and sizes. However, when it comes to addiction, I guess, alcohol abuse or drug abuse, we both know that those, those, those things really change your body. They change your mind. They make you weak. Right. Um, well, look at, look what, look what LSD does to your neuropath, your neural pathways. Look what heroin does to to what it does to your brain yeah when you die you're in that state you're you don't change it's like this is when you die it's not some miraculous thing where you're you're healed you know yeah that, that's not the way it works when you die that's the way you are and it's up to you and and whoever's on the other side if you want help there it is but a lot of a lot of i believe a lot of uh spirit personalities personalities the essence of personality a lot of them don't want to change and they're content with being like that. So they come and they, they attach themselves, these lower entities, to you. Mm -hmm. uh, so, I mean, you know, they're in that state of mind. Until they're willing to go and change, they're not going to change. Same thing with an addictive personality here in the living. You know, un yeah. until you're ready to change, you're not going to change. You can go through all the rehab, man. I, I know I, I've dealt with a lot of people in rehab over the over over too many years you know hey listen i survived disco i don't know how i did it but, I did it. <laughs> but uh you know a lot of people that go through rehab they go through one two twice three times it's a terrible thing it is a biological predisposition as well as a mental predisposition yeah and a lot of people it, it, it doesn't take what right away and i most of the counselors that i know they all say the same thing until you're ready to stop and be prepared to fall several times after you stop. Yeah, you're not ready. You won't. You won't succeed. You the acceptance of yourself, the acceptance of, of you know what you're doing, and sometimes the responsibility of what you're doing. So people don't get that. And and again, when you when you pass on, we don't change that much. We would, really don't. And and yeah. any medium will tell you that. You know, you'll you'll sit there and you get a message and. In your head, you're getting all these F-bombs and all this stuff going on and all this swearing. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's the way they talked in real life. It's an identifier. You know, of course, I try not to drop any F-bombs when I'm, like, doing a greeting in church or anything. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, you try not to, but sometimes it does. It happens. 
but you know, people don't realize that because people have this this notion that when you pass on, you're going to be sitting on a cloud, you know, somewhere within the hierarchy of of, of you know angels, and that's not necessarily what happens. I and mean, we're all energetic, and that essence of that energy does not change until our ego wants it to change. Our personality needs it to change. So, I mean, this idea I find really interesting. Is that because I, I thought, I mean, I've always had this impression just from stuff that I've read and studied over the years that when a person leaves this physical existence, they do go somewhere where it may be a scholarly situation where it's okay, well, so here's what you did when you were out there on that, that blue and white ball that floats around, right? And here's what you could have done better, here's what you could have worked on, and and maybe you move on to something. Maybe you do move on to another level of of existence. Um, but what you're saying is that your essence, who you are, how you speak, your habits, I mean, everything that makes you who you are, right, um, that comes with you when, you're, when your physical body shuts down and you kind of move forward. Am I correct? Exactly. Exactly. And we have free will. So We yeah. have free will in okay. in this body as well as after we pass. And that's why, uh, and I'm a firm believer in free will, because free will will save you and free will will get you in a world of whoop-ass, man, you know? (laughs) So, you know, you have to, it's one of those things that has to, you know, that you have got to go and you have to cultivate. And sometimes people cultivate it immediately and sometimes people never cultivate it. And this is, this is where some, what, where we believe that, you know, I, I don't call them earthbound spirits come from, I call them self earthbound spirits because they're making, they're allowing themselves to stay in an energetic, in an energetic form on this plane of existence. And that's where a lot of like the negative hauntings that I've experienced have come from. Well, I mean, so, I mean, we you, with this idea of free will, we always have a chance to to change and get better and learn. But you know, this idea, I guess, you know, it it, it kind of changes the game when you think about that. Because I mean, what's the first thing that most people say when someone passes away? You know, in in, in our realm of living right here, it's the it's okay. Rest in peace. You know, rest in peace. I hope you're at rest now, and I hope that you're content. But really. Based on this idea, you move forward, you could be in just as bad a shape on the other side as you are here because it's who you are. You don't really, you know, you don't evolve unless you really evolve yourself, right? Which Exactly, yeah. Which really is a powerful idea because it's all we hear about. And I mean, I'm doing things in my life. I've I personally had a year where I had to make a lot of changes in my life to make myself better, a more content, calm person, right? Um, And so, I mean, there's all these philosophies that float around saying, you know, it is that thing. Like, look, you are going to fail, but you stand up and you do better. You keep trying. You keep working at it. You keep working at it, right? So there's all these things. Exactly. And this carries through, it seems like, through your death that you got to, you know, and who knows what the right thing is for every situation but uh, you know when you have a person that we're talking about that clearly is tortured uh, mentally that that's suffering from addiction whatever addiction it may be right um that's something you definitely have to work on i guess <laughs> right it's no not, it's not i, a joke. I it's agree not a joke. because yeah. this is something that you know 
we all have to go and we all have to work on different things to go and improve ourselves over the years to evolve into the people that we really should be. And it also is the same, I believe, on the other side. It's that evolution. It's that striving to be better and eventually to lose the ego, get to that point where, you know, lose the ego, lose the personality and become one with everything and, and just become nothing. And that's that's a huge thing that people really have to think about. What what is it? Do you do you want to go and be kicking around forever? I mean, I'm a I'm a reincarnation guy. I won't I won't lie about it. Yeah. And here's my thing. I really don't want to be coming back like too many more times. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> I, I want to get really, it right. Let's get it right. You know. I mean. I mean, yeah. I mean I, I'd hang out with you at a at a wake past the Irish whiskey. We're good, you know. <laughs> but. Uh, I mean, in all honesty, I mean, it's, it's, you have to, you have to make a conscious decision and, you know, you don't have to be a saint, but on the other hand, you don't have to be a complete sinner either. You know, this is, you have to strike balance because balance is in order to do any of this work. And I'm, I'm a firm believer, paranormal investigators need this too. They need balance. We all need balance in order to be successful with what we're doing. Because how many times have you uh, been with a group where all of a sudden somebody through the one of the scanner boxes or th- EVP you get a F you or or why don't you die? I mean I've been quite a few times where I get that, yeah. and uh, people are freaking over it. Well, you know, think consider it a source. Consider it a source. This isn't the demon talking to you. This is someone who is clearly hasn't changed. Clearly. Who is you know on the, in this life? They're disturbed. Was a bully. Yeah, and you've got to go and you've got to make that conscious effort, and it's all through education and it's all through evolution, our own evolution. Yeah, but I, I mean, but again, it's free will. We can't help everybody. I mean, a person really has to recognize what their problem is and work on that, right? Right. I mean, you can't. And you, go ahead. Go ahead. And you always well. Here's my thing. You know, I mean, you can't give up on anybody either. You know, that's 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 a huge that's a huge thing that I go through. And you know what I mean. I may be I may have sounded a little bit harsher early on in the show about it, but you can't give up on people. Mm-hmm. People, you know, people are people, and you know, these are you know, mental or physical predispositions are diseases. You can't give up on them. All you can do, and if after they pass, all you can do is is you know, send them prayers and, and try to think of them kindly rather than hateful or, you know, cause that doesn't, cause again, thoughts are things you send out this, that negativity. Don't think that that negativity isn't going to come back at you. Uh, you know, whether it's through them or through somebody else, that negativity goes out into the ethers. Yeah. So, you know, you have to go and you have to have compassion. And I, you know, my problem is, is I, I, I come off very harsh about it because growing up in an alcoholic family, you know, that, you know, mother and, and various uncles were, you know, and grandfather were, you know, roaring alcoholics. Yeah. And so I'm a little bit more touchy about that. But on the other hand, I mean, every, I look at it like this, everybody did the best that they could at that time. And it's my hope that they change. Yeah. I hope that, you know, it's my, my prayers are that they change and that they become, uh, a, you know, they evolve into something, uh, you know, into, into these beings of light. I'm a really, I'm a true believer in that. I really hope that they do. And, you know, I do my part here, you know, by doing different, uh, well, 
they're 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 they would be considered rituals, but they're more uh, for me. They're more uh, energetic, sending the energy, sending the compassion into the world, sending compassion into the into the ethers. Yeah, and uh, and that's what we used to do in spirit rescue circles back back in the day. Uh, you know, we tried to be compassionate about the essence of personality who may have been you know inflicting you know all sorts of nastiness in at a location or a, or with a family and try to send that compassion and try to convince this entity that you know what they're doing is is causing problems and there's no reason for it to now is time to go on and evolve onward and, and it's like anything else it's like any negative it's like exorcisms. Yeah. It's like any type of working with negative locations doesn't work the first time. It really doesn't. <laughs> you know, you it you have to. It's a commitment. No, you it, know, it is. You know, sometimes sometimes you have to go six seven times, and you need to go and work with, and you need to go and work with the people so that they don't call these things back. No, and I, this is a very powerful idea. This whole thing is really. It's a, I've never really looked at it this way. I mean, I've always, again, I've always thought that uh, when a person just ceases to exist in this this heavy gravity or laden realm that we're in, um, you know, you change. You 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 know, okay, you got you you made it or you didn't make it. I don't know, <laughs> but everything is going to be different now. You know, and we're gonna we're gonna we're, like I said, more scholarly thing. But it does make more sense that. You know, if there is this idea of a soul, right, uh, I'll say the S word, a soul, uh, and, and it's, you know, it's what makes up, you know, who you are as a person, your essence that we said before, that makes sense that it would just carry on with you forever. I, I mean, I, I mean, maybe not forever, but it would just carry on past this physical life. Uh, it, it's, I'm trying to get my head around it. <laughs> well it's, let's it's, let's think of it like this too yeah. uh if you if if you believe in reincarnation there are some buddhist uh sects that believe that when we die the soul uh breaks up and goes off into the ethers and bits and pieces of of other people's souls intermingle with ours so uh there is no such thing as as uh, uh you you come in the way you were and you go out the way you were Sometimes you come in with a little bit of you and about a whole lot of somebody else. So that kind of throws a monkey wrench into the whole well, thing. And it, too, well, when you it, think it, about well, it. Well, yeah, cross pollination, I guess you could call it right. to a certain degree. Right. But what if you're getting the better parts of other people, though, as far as their, you know, as far as their essence, and maybe that makes you a, a better person. Maybe it helps you. It helps write you as a person and makes you better. So, yeah, it does make things very complicated, obviously. But it, maybe that could help in the long run for a person. Maybe you know, if there is some mechanism as a, as a, that's a part of this that recognizes. Okay, here comes Fred along, and he's got a really bad temper. He, that's he's got a really bad temper. He's a pretty good all around, all that, but he's he's got a crappy temper, and he flies off the handle and says really evil stuff when he's angry. Let's 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 move this uh, this piece over here and kind of straighten that part of him out so he's a better person, right? And he can carry on into where he's going to go. I mean, maybe that's kind of a cool ask. Maybe that's a, that's an interesting idea. I guess. I mean, I'm all over the place with it, but I think that's an interesting idea. Maybe that's what they what the idea of that is supposed to do for a person. I guess. 
It could be. Yeah. It could be. Yeah, I mean, I... And, and, get, and getting back to an original point, Yeah. Uh, you know, when we start talking about compassion for the other side, Yeah. and I mean, that's that's something that, I mean, I don't hate any any spirit. I really don't hate anybody, you know. Well, I'm not, I'm not thrilled with the, uh, the, 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 the mailman that sprayed my dog the other day, but that's another Oh, what a story. jerk off. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, you know how these, yeah. Not cool. You know, you know how these things go. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah, well, you know, I mean, the Labrador retriever and this guy is what he is, but, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't hate him either, but <laughs> I, I will tell you, I know of two cases. One is a book that I wrote about the C2D1 haunting. And another one is called Trespass by Chris Gibbons, where what they did was instead of fighting, fighting this negative entity that, that may have been pain, that may have gone and, and uh, uh, lived a, a, you know, a terrible life, that they eventually forgave these entities, these, the, the essence of these personalities. Thus, lessening and eventually totally, totally uh, getting rid of the negativity that was in their lives. So forgiveness plays a huge thing because the problem is, again, when we start looking at TV shows, everything is like a battle. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's like, okay, you take the right flank with recorders. Uh, Scott, you take the left flank with, uh, uh, you know, with with some IR cameras and uh, we're going to we're going to rush that we're going to rush the center stage. These guys said, whoa, wait a minute. I've had enough. I fought enough. It didn't work. Yeah compassion and forgiveness actually help them and uh i'm not saying that they don't still have residual problems to this day because of what happened but i will i have to tell you that that is an amazing it's an amazing tool uh for survivors and and those who are afflicted to use and forgiving yourself too. That's that's huge. That's huge because you have to forgive yourself in order before you can forgive anybody else. Yeah. That is something that's so important in negative cases and working with something that's negative. And we just had a we just had a uh, discussion about this in church uh, this past Sunday about the role of forgiveness in all of of uh, uh, you know the spiritual realms and working with spirit. So. That's something else that uh, people don't quite get either, and that's not really bandied around because I think it's more. I think it's. I think it's sexier to be, you know, at war. You know, well, it's, it's more dramatic. It's way there. more dramatic. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and I, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not into this lollipop, man. To be be that dramatic, you know. I want to uh, go and uh, I want to do a job, help some people, and then I want to go home. Well, you know, and that's and that raises another interesting point: is people that are that are getting involved with the field. And I, look, I, I'm, I'm an open book when it comes to, you know, who I am and, and my shortcomings as a person. Um, but in, in like, like, for example, that's this idea of forgiveness. I'm hard to forgive. I know it's in Amber yells at me about it all the time. I will hold a grudge and hold a grudge and hold a grudge. And there's a, you know, I'm hard to forgive people and I'm hard to forgive myself about things. Right now that point aside, I know I'm not much, that's not, I'm not different than other people. And a lot of people are afflicted with that. But I wonder if you're going to go study in this field and, or go out and be active in this field and do investigations, if you're carrying that baggage on your shoulders, I can't see that really helping a person in this field. Um, 
I, I can't see it helping a person, I guess. It seems like it would be it would hinder a person in a field like this and could cause them problems. You know what I mean? And it does. And it does. And one of the one of the things that I've seen uh, is the growth of attachments and uh, uh, the beginnings of uh, temporal possessions in paranormal investigators. Uh, it's almost as if some of them want that. It's almost, you know, and they're not, they're not going to forgive. They're out there, to, you know, to battle. And, and again, like attracts like, you're going to bring something in that you don't, that, you know, that you might not be prepared to, you know, to work with. Yeah. So you've got to be able to go and before you even, before you even take on a negative case, you've got to be prepared for it and uh, really, you know, kind of get your head out of your butt and try <laughs> and really be prepared and, and pull, pull everything possibly possible out of your bag of tricks to, to be able to go and help these people. But yeah. And, and it's funny because you talk about forgiveness and you know, how hard it is that you to forgive yourself, forgiving yourself is far harder than forgiving anybody else. Except oh, yeah. for the guy, to, except for the guy that gave you the finger this morning on your way to work, but I think he enjoyed that. But that's that's neither here nor there. No, <laughs> no, it's true. And I think, no, you're 100 percent right on that. I, I think a person, and I always go back to the old saying, uh, you know, we're always our own worst critic. And hindsight, yeah, it can be a you know hindsight's 2020. Uh, yeah, I don't always believe that because I know for myself things have happened and. I'll just keep replaying them in my mind and I could have done this. I could have said that I could have done this. I could have done that. And that's where you get, you know, you start to get really hard on yourself and that idea of not forgiving yourself for how you naturally responded to something. Right. Um, exactly. Just exactly. Being, just being who you are. And I think that's where people just aren't comfortable with themselves. Uh, and I'm right. I'm, I'm no different. Right. Um, they're not comfortable. They're not, uh, confident with their own decisions. They're not confident as a person. And I think millions and millions and millions of people are afflicted with those ideas. And yeah, that just that whole idea. And, you know, to me, the gravity of that's a lot heavier when you apply this idea that you carry this stuff with you. It just doesn't get wiped out when you, when you pass away, you carry all this negativity and all the, you know, this unforgiving stuff that you're dealing with. That don't go away. It don't get solved. That's not a problem that goes away. It's still there. You just can't, you can't get away from that. So, I mean, yeah, it's heavy, heavy, heavy stuff. Um, wow. <laughs> Tim, I don't know what to say, man. I, I'm really. <laughs> well, boy, boy, that was a buzzkill, wasn't it? Well, no, no. No, it's, it will no, it isn't. I think it's, 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 it's mind expanding, to be honest with you. Uh, understanding these ideas uh, because I think something like this, you know, I find, I find with our show now, we, we spend a lot of time talking about life, just living life, you know, that we spend a lot of time talking about the afterlife, but we spend just as much time now talking about living life. And, you know, we don't have all the answers, obviously, but we do have opinions and something like, you know, what we're talking, what we're talking about here. This makes you at least makes me evaluate things and say, well, you know, yeah, I don't forgive people enough. It's a, it's a something that I know of and I'm aware of and I acknowledge that. And, you know, perhaps this might put me down some road to go, you know what, I got to I got to do some things here. I got to I got to right some wrongs maybe from the past. Who knows? Right. Um, and I think that's a positive. That's a good thing. And, you know, I hope that people listening to the show uh 
they take that away too, as far as these ideas. But Tim, I, I want to thank you so much. Um, this I just looked at the clock. I'm like, oh my yeah, god, it flew by. I'm, yeah, <laughs> just just chatting about this stuff. I, I I can't thank you enough, Tim, for taking the time to chat with us. Fun. It means a lot. It was, I, it was fun. Yeah. And you know what? All I'm going to say is this. Yeah. Listen to Amber because she knows. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. I'll throw it right out there. Listen to Amber. Yeah. We love Amber. Amber yeah. knows. Amber oh, yeah. knows. And she didn't even give you a dollar or anything to say that. Nope. Earlier, so. I, no. <laughs> I did not pay Tim at Flint. We'll do it. Let's do it again, Tim. I'd love that. We'd love to talk <laughs> Absolutely. to you down the road. Absolutely. Um, I love you guys. And we're gonna and we're gonna we're gonna cross paths. That's just how these things work. We're gonna cross paths down the road again. We've we've all been in the same room here and you know, we're all running around doing our own thing. Uh, but we'll end up bumping into each other here down the road, I'm sure too. But we'll talk again. Sounds good. Thank you. It was an honor to be on your show. Ghostly Talk!